Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Gospel of John is written by who? Why y'all say that so tentatively? The Gospel of John is written by who? John. John, thank you. And if the Gospel of John were an ordinary biography, there would be no chapter 20. Why? Because when you read a biography, they usually conclude with death and burial, don't they? All other biographies end in chapter 19. I have never, and neither have you, read a biography that ends with someone rising from the grave. The Gospel of John is that biography. It ends with the resurrection. And personally, I don't know about you, but I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. Are you glad about that? I'm glad about that. Because, and the reason, listen, the reason we clap our hands and the reason that we're glad about that is because the resurrection of Jesus Christ, look at me, please. The resurrection of Jesus Christ validates everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus ever did in his ministry. If Jesus had not risen from the grave, then we could all pack it up and go home. So the resurrection is important. If you were with us last time, you know that Jesus is hanging on the cross and he receives sour wine to take one last breath to utter the most important words to fall off the lips of men to tell us die. It is finished. It is done. Paid in full. He paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt we could not pay. Jesus said, it is finished. What's finished? Every prophecy has been fulfilled. Redemption has been completed. The work that Jesus came to do is finished. The sin bearing has been accomplished. He's drank the cup of the wrath of God and he drank it to his dregs. Were you with me when I talked about drinking to its dregs? Raise your hand. Were you with me? The dregs is the bottom of the cup. It literally means he drank everything. He drank it to the end completely. The dregs. The righteous requirements of the law have been performed and completed. God's love has been perfectly betrayed to man on earth. The stronghold of the devil has been broken to telestai. It is finished. I told you to telestai is an important word in the Greek culture. It was used of a criminal who had paid his debt to society when he was released from prison. Are y'all listening? When he was released from prison, he would be given a piece of paper and they would stamp on it to telestai, meaning paid in full or debt paid to society. It was used of a servant when he completed an assigned task. Tetelestai was used for a writer when he put his last period on the last sentence. It was used for the priest after he examined an animal sacrifice. It was used by a painter when he made his last stroke on a portrait. And finally, it was used 
by a merchant when a business transaction was paid in full, tetelestai. The Latin equivalent of tetelestai is consummatum est, consummatum est, and it literally means paid in full or finished. I was reading um, just a couple days ago, um, Biblical Archaeology Review, Bar. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bar magazine, but it's really good. If you're into archaeology, then you have heard of it. And um, uh, archaeologists, get this, they have found, I found this pretty fascinating, they found a, a receipt, a tax receipt, used in those days with the Latin word written across the receipt, uh, consummatum est, meaning to tell us die, paid in full. When Jesus utters to tell us die, he is proclaiming from the cross, got your pen? He's proclaiming from the cross, our salvation is finished. Some saints say amen. Our salvation is finished. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, simply Our debt of guilt has been wiped out. Number two, when Jesus proclaims it is finished, he's talking about our salvation is finished. And number two, Satan is finished. Psalm 76, 3. There he broke the arrows of the bow, the shield and the sword of battle, Selah. The cry from the cross to Telestai was the death kneel to the enemies of God's people. And then number three, not only is salvation finished, Satan is finished, but self is finished. Listen to what happened to you when Jesus died. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we Died with Christ, we believe that we shall also, what saints, live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to who saints? God, and likewise you also reckon, reckon or mean consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You got to understand, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, that was a game changer. It changed everything, including you. Well, if you were with us, you know that in chapter 19, as we concluded, two interesting people entered the story, Joseph of Arimathea, or Joseph, who is from Arimathea, and Nicodemus. Joseph went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and he wanted to give Jesus a proper burial. And Joseph and Nicodemus take the body of Jesus down from the cross and with love and care and dignity, and they gently pillow his head. Were you with me last week? Pillowed his head. They lay his head to the ground. And they begin to wash his bloody body with water mixed with myrtle. They remove the crown of thorns. Get the scene in your mind's eye. Joseph and Nicodemus get the body of Jesus. And he's dead. And he's beaten beyond all recognition. 
His face, you can't tell who he is. His body is hamburger meat, and there's blood everywhere. And they take him down and throw him over his shoulder, and they're now covered in blood. And they get him down, and they want to wash him and cleanse him and give him a proper burial. So they pull the, remember they put the, 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 the crown of thorns into his head, and they push that thing down in his head. So when they take it out, it's kind of stuck. He pull it out, and then it probably broke off pieces of, of the thorn. And they, while cleaning him up, they pull the pieces out of his head, and they wash his hair, and they probably have to cut his hair because the blood matted to his head. And they wash the spit that was left over on his face. And now Jesus is no longer in the hands of hateful men. Now he's in the care of the father who has committed his son to the loving and caring hands of people who love him. Look at chapter 19 and verse 40. Chapter 19, verse 40. They took the body and they wrapped it in linen. Now, anybody know what that linen is called? I told you last week. The takrahim. The takrahim. If you don't have it written down, write it down. The takrahim. That's the linen. That's what it's called. The linen wrapping. The takrahim. T-A-K-R-A-H-I-M. T-A-K-R-A-H-I-M. The takrahim. Strips of linen with spices. As the custom of the Jews was to bury and they prepare the body of Jesus. You put the story together with the other gospels. Matthew chapter 27 verse 60 tell us that they laid Jesus in a new tomb and they rolled a stone in front of it. We talked about it last week, the foreknowledge of God. As Joseph of Arimathea usually bought a burial plot for the family in your hometown. But Joseph was a believer, and he believed Jesus was coming back. And I don't know about you, but I believe Jesus is coming back. I'll wait while you clap your hands there. I believe Jesus is coming back. And I believe Joseph believed that too. And Joseph believed it so much that he bought a tomb in Jerusalem so he could be where the action is when Jesus comes back. Amen. So they lay Jesus in Joseph's tomb, and they seal it, and they walk away. In Matthew twenty-seven sixty-six. Tell us they set a Roman guard to watch the tomb. That's where we left off. We pick up in chapter 20, saints. I've titled this sermon, The Resurrection of Jesus. John chapter 20, picking up in verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. Some of y'all ain't looking. If you're looking at verse 1, say a hearty amen. amen. One time I said that, say a hearty amen. And they said, hearty Amen. I said, get out. (laughs) Chapter 20, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. And while it was still dark, and they saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And then she ran, and she came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. And so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, Looking in, underline this, saw the linen cloth laying there, yet he did not go in. 
And then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he, underlined this, saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. And then the other disciple came to the tomb first, which in also went and went in also, and he underlined this, saw and believed, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. And then the disciples went away again to their own home. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice the Bible tells us on the first day of the week, that would be Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Now, again, putting the stories together, Matthew tells us, It was Mary Magdalene and another Mary that came to see the tomb. Side note here, notice the Bible tells us it was the first day of the week early in the morning. This is Sunday. And ever since then, the church has been meeting on Sunday morning. There are some people who will tell you that Saturday is a a day that you ought to go to church and you ought to remember the Sabbath and practice the Sabbath and go to church on the Sabbath. Uh, Well, well, actually, that means that defeats itself in itself because on the Sabbath, you're supposed to do nothing. Nothing means nothing in the Greek. Write that down. (laughs) Nothing means nothing. So if you are supposed to go to church on the Sabbath, Well, that means you got to get in your car and start your car and drive across town and go to church. And don't you know, even in Jewish custom, to even start your car is work. That's why that can't be right. Mary and the other Mary went to church on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Acts chapter 20, verse 7, write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, talk about the church meeting the first day of the week. So it's Sunday morning, and it's still dark, and Jerusalem shakes. And you know why Jerusalem shakes? Because you're going to read this in your own time. In Matthew chapter 27, it tells us when two angels came down to the earth, When those two angels landed on the earth, there was an earthquake. I think that's cool. They came down, had took a seat, and there was an earthquake just because they they just, boom, the whole earth shook. And they just sat there glowing, these two angels. Now, the other Mary that came to the tomb, if you're taking notes, you write this down, was Mrs. Zebedee. Mrs. Zebedee. Salome is her name. She's the wife of Zebedee and the mother of, son, of the sons of thunder, James and John. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 tells us they came early and they brought spices. I love this. These Marys, now listen, I want y'all to listen to this. These Marys are willing to get up early for a dead Jesus. Did y'all hear me? These Marys are willing to get up early for a dead Jesus. Remember, they don't know the story. They don't know when they get there, they're going to meet two angels glowing. Luke chapter 24, the angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? They don't know that Jesus is risen. They haven't read chapter 20. Say amen. It wasn't written yet. They don't know the end of the story. So these two Marys are willing to get up early for a dead 
Jesus. And by the way, all four Gospels tell us it was early. Now, question. If these two Marys were willing to get up early for a dead Jesus, are you willing to get up early for a living Jesus? Well, you know where I was going. Are you willing to get up early for a living Jesus? Well, some of y'all think, oh, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, well, I'm just not a morning person. I'm just, really? Well, you should become one. Because i tell you something. Something very special about early in the morning. Something very special about early. If nothing else, it's quiet. There's no text messages ringing through, no emails ringing through, nothing. There's, there's no, you, you, you know, if, if you get on Facebook at 2 in the morning, something wrong with you. You need meds if you get up. Yeah, I see people, they, and you look at the hour where they you go, you start counting backwards, you go, man, they posted that at 2 in the morning. They're sick people. There's nothing going on in the morning. I love in the morning because in the morning it's quiet. And early in the morning is when God can speak to you the loudest. You know why? Because it's quiet. And God speaks in a still small voice. And for you to hear him, you got to sip it. Am I right about the saints? Got to zip it. You quiet and you sit and you read. And how many times have God said something that I either personally now, I either heard it like I know I heard it or I heard it. Where am I saying that? Where you at? I heard it. He spoke and I heard it. But it was early in the morning. I love these verses. Try to keep up with me. Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Isaiah 26, 9. I have desired you in the night. I will seek you early. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. This is Mary in this gospel. She loved the Lord. And so she sought the Lord Early. This is the same Mary Magdalene, listen, who was possessed by seven demons. We hear of this Mary, get this, 14 times in the Gospels. This same Mary, Mary Magdalene, 14 times in the Gospels. Eight times she's in the list of other women, and she's always mentioned first. The first time she's mentioned after Jesus' mother Mary, and then Salome, her sister, and then Mary Magdalene. Five times she's mentioned by herself. The first time that we meet Mary Magdalene, this Mary, we meet her in Luke chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. We're told that she had evil spirits and infirmities before she knew Jesus. Are y'all listening? In other words, she was demonically possessed. You know what that tells me? God will take anybody to come to him. Y'all got, y'all got extra because y'all came in third service. I ain't telling them that first or second. Y'all got extra. God take anybody to come. This woman was de- demonically possessed when she came to Jesus. 
demon spirits wreaked havoc with her life. Mark chapter 16 tells us that Mary Magdalene is the first to see Jesus post-resurrection. Now, Mary, listen, is from Magdala or Magdala. Some people, I think in Israel, they pronounce it Magdala, Magdala. We're actually going there, not next week, but the week after. And um, Magdala is a city around the Galilee. Now, there is a mountain right above the Galilee called Mount Arbel, A-R-B-E-L. I don't think with our church we've ever walked up that mountain, but we are this time. I'm going to tell the tour guide we need to do this. You walk up, now it's not like a really climb, like, you know, like mountain climbing. Or like, what do you call that climbing? Rock climbing. It ain't like that, but, but, but it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a climb. It's a, it's a hike. And uh, it's good for your legs. And uh, it's, it's, it's up there. But Mount Arbel, if you've been to Israel, you've, probably, you've seen Mount Arbel for sure. And it, if not, you've walked up. You can walk up. And it's just kind of a, a steady incline um, up a mountain. You get up to the top of, of Arbel, and you can see it is absolutely beautiful. Matter of fact, I thought about it. I pulled some pictures out. It is absolutely beautiful. You can see around the entire Galilee. The entire Sea of Galilee, you can see the whole Sea of Galilee standing on this point from, on Mount Arbel. And then down to the left, you'll see the city of Magdala, or Magdala, where Mary Magdalene is from. You'll see Capernaum, and you'll also see Gadara. Now, you remember Gadara or the land of the Gadarenes? Do you remember that? In, in, Luke, in Matthew chapter 8? A demon man approaches Jesus. Actually, Jesus gets out of a boat, and a demon man approaches Jesus, and the Bible tells us he lived among the tombs. He lived in a cemetery, and nobody could help him, and he was totally alone, exposed to the powers of hell. And the Bible tells us this man roamed around the area night and day with no rest. You know, when I read that this time, I thought to myself, you know, that is something that's characteristic of demonic activity. Now, y'all know me. I am not all into all the demon stuff. And, you know, some people, they're really into it. You know, they just, they're too into it. Some Christians too into it. You ask them, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, but the devil's all over me. <laughs> well, how's things going? Oh, I'm great, but oh, the devil, oh, the devil did this and the devil did that. And oh, the devil this and the devil. And I'm like, you know what? If you took the time to give God the praise that you give to the devil, God would be greatly exalted in your life. <laughs> oh, the devil this, the devil that, and the devil behind every bush. Like, calm down. You know, now I'm not one of those kind of people, but I do believe in demonic activity, absolutely. And, and, and I do believe that there are certain things that are very characteristic of demonic influence and demonic activity. And one of them is a lack of sleep. They don't let you rest, they don't let you sleep. This man had been roaming around the area, the Bible tells us, in Matthew chapter 8, night and day with no rest. He was tormented. He couldn't sleep. Here's another uh, characteristic, cutting yourself. You know why? Because the Bible says you are made in the image of God. And isn't it just like the devil to want you to 
cut up God's image, to destroy God's image, because you're made in the image of God, very characteristic of the devil. Suicide. Do you know suicidal thoughts come from the enemy? I need, I'm talking to somebody here. Suicidal thoughts come from the enemy. They don't come from God. God's not telling you to kill yourself. He said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. He didn't say, I came to want you to kill yourself. If you ever think about killing yourself, that is the enemy talking to you. And what you need to do is quote scripture. Sing a praise song. Be lifted up. Sing anything. Jesus, you are worthy. Sing anything. Just put the name of Jesus in whatever you say and the demons will have to flee. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.